Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Ustedes ya saben that I'm all about la cultura and showing up as your fullest, fullest self, which is why I'm extra excited that today's episode is brought to you by Chispa. This is an app that you can download right now if you're looking for love, trying to meet new people, or to find the next novio or novia you're trying to bring home to the family party. So check this out. Chispa is the number one dating app made para Latinos a place where you can connect with someone like you, someone who loves La Cultura, and someone, I mean, let's be real, someone that you can be your authentic self with. Y'all know I'm currently in a relationship with someone who's a proud Puerto Rican, and let me tell you, it's nice to be with somebody who loves the music, the culture, the food, just as much as I do, but most importantly, I really love that there are certain things I just don't have to explain. O sea, I can be hella Latina and he hella loves it. So if you're single, go on Chispa, find your Boricua Bay, your Honduran Bay, tu Colombiano, tu Cubanito. Uno nunca sabe. Something amazing could come out of it. Check out Chispa and tell your single friends too. It's free. Time to meet your media naranja. What's good, familia? You're listening to Hello Latino, and you know it's a girl, Olalis Jasmine. I'm so excited that I finally get to share one of my very special projects with you. It's called Unfiltered. And Pavel and I, Pavel um, is one of my favorite people to collaborate with, and he's the founder of Plural and also the host of Quien Tu Eres podcast. He and I had come up in this industry together, and we have kind of been like our favorite people to collaborate with in this space. We're so excited that we created Unfiltered to highlight our own stories since our podcasts are really centered on highlighting all of y'all's stories. So this podcast is brought to you by Olalis and Pavel in our new LinkedIn Live series, Unfiltered. You said you did it differently this time, right? Yes. And we are live right now. So it should be live on the LinkedIn page. We should be live on YouTube. How's it looking on your end? I don't see it. I don't see it yet. Wait, no. Oh, we're here. We're live? Yeah. Yeah, We're live. All right. All right. What's up, y'all? So excited. I'm glad that it finally worked. Listen, y'all, last time we created an event page on LinkedIn and then... It ended up not working on that event page. But look, this is the third time around, third time to charm. We figured it out. <laughs> Have you heard of, I need to introduce you to Gabe Lamelli. He talks about the, the waffle theory. Have you heard of it? No, enlighten me. What is so, that? So he talked about on my podcast, there's an episode. Oh, hey, Jamie. Um, there's a part in the, in the episode where he talks about the waffles. He's like, Life is like waffles, right? Like we we try to get it right the first time, but sometimes the waffles wonky, the shape's off, like you're just like, mm, doesn't work. We try the second time and it's like better, but it's still not, you know, IG worthy. 
And then once you get to the third waffle, it's like, that's the one you dress up with like berries and syrup. That's the one you post on Instagram. Like it's the whole thing. So third time is a charm where the third waffle This is what you put on IG. <laughs> that might be the title for this episode. I think, I think I'm going to call it the waffle theory. <laughs> the waffle theory. Let's talk <laughs> yeah. about it. <laughs> and shout out to everybody that's in here. Jay, Mark, Priscilla, Jamie. Oh my gosh, so many people. What's hey, up, y'all? What's good? I'm um, honest. I'm tuning in right now. Y'all see a different background. I'm at my parents' house. I came to San Diego because I always do my birthday week with them. And so I have a birthday week celebration with my parents. <laughs> let's start there. Talking about like personal updates. How How is the celebration going so far? And when was your official birthday? The 21st. So a few days ago. On Sunday. Um, hey, happy so birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, birthday has been good. This year for me has been, um, someone asked me a question. I'll start there. Uh, he asked me, he was like, happy birthday. And he was like, so looking at your year behind, what are you the most grateful for? And now looking ahead, what are you dreaming about? And I just thought that was the dopest question that I'm like, I'm going to do this every year. Um, but for me, I think looking back, this year, this last year, and we both have talked about this, it's been such a pivotal year for our our business, our our podcast. And it's been in this season of growth and like change for, for at least me. And I think like looking back, I'm just so grateful for in two years where it has gone. And we've talked about how sometimes like people don't realize that we don't just do a podcast. Like there's so much more to what we do. And it's not always out there all the time. But I think for me, it's just so much gratitude for that amount of growth that I've been through. And what I'm dreaming about, mm, the solo, I'm dreaming about bigger, bigger platform, bigger voice, bigger reach. Um, also dreaming of a vacation, like somewhere abroad, and just be, you know, by the water, on an island. That's what I'm dreaming about. I'll ask you, what are you grateful for? And what are you dreaming about? Oh, yo, those are those are great questions. Uh, before I get into that, though, you're getting a lot of love. Um, Priscilla said, can we also please call out the precision in Odalis' eyeliner? Not only is Thank she a wonderful her. speaker, people connected and leader, but she's also an eyeliner aficionado. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Uh, well, Thank it's you, Priscilla. I, I I love that part about reflecting. I was actually journaling yesterday at a cafe and like you talk about growth in the past year. And I was like, I like, I feel like I'm just starting to get out of pandemic and I'm just getting back into a workout routine. I'm getting back into routine in general. So for me, like even the past year or the past two, like I've just been trying to survive. But within that, and just trying to survive, I am impressed with just like how much I've been able to grow not only the podcast, but the business and all these other things. So I'm, I'm grateful that I'm just being able to go beyond surviving is if, mm. if that's, that's what I'm really excited about. And then what was the last one? Like, what am I excited about in the future? What are you dreaming about? Oh, what am I dreaming about? <laughs> you know, I'm Isn't that such about, a fire question? I'm like, that's a fire question. Use I would time. say I'm dreaming about not going back to corporate. <laughs> And I say that that's a dream because it's it's a hope, it's a want, but yeah. it's not easy to be able to, you know, drive the income needed to, to sustain yourself. So that's why I'm saying, like, I need to really dream about it. 
and really think. Yeah. And something that you and I say a lot is if your dreams don't scare you, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think for you, I think people, I think you do a good job of like not talking about it a lot, but I admire you a lot. I'm just going to give Bobby and his flowers again and hype him up because I admire you so much for being in this tech world for the amount of time you've been in there and being able to step away and really believing in what you're doing so hard, which we all do. And so I think like it's really admirable. And the fact that you're still dreaming about doing more of this work and not stepping into the corporate space again, I know that's big. So cheers to you. I'm just really enjoying this lifestyle. Like it is different. Like even you said, talking about vacations, the fact that I can think about vacations and not think about taking time off, like I could just go and do it if I want. Not saying I got the money to spend on vacations right now, but I have the option to to even want to do that. Um, and you said vacation, you're talking about abroad. Like if you think about vacations, when you dream in, like where is the next vacation you want to go on? Like where are you trying to go? Trying to go everywhere. Um, I, you know, I've been dreaming a lot about Costa Rica. There's, there's nothing. There's, I've always had this like pull to go to to Costa Rica because I don't know Central America, Costa Honduras. Um, also been dreaming about going back to Honduras, and so I just I want to go somewhere in Latin America and just be literally on a beach. Like that's where I want to be. And my partner keeps saying, "Let's go to Puerto Rico. Let's go to Puerto Rico." So maybe that could be in the works too, but. I just want to be in an island. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm hearing summer by weather, by the yes. water, good views. And I love that. I love traveling in Latin America in particular because I feel like wherever we do end up going out, the music is going to be fire. Like That's the last few spots that I went to was like a Latin America tour. Like I did Brazil, I did um, Colombia, I did Argentina and a couple others. So I want to continue that tour as well. What? That's that's my goal, like in life, is to do like a Latin American tour. And I next year I'm going to Brazil for the first time. My best friend's getting married in her hometown, and so we're going to Brazil. And then I'm going to Tulum the month after for another wedding. So I'm like, she traveling somewhere, but I want to like vacation without the wedding stuff. You know, like I just want to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel you on that. Oh, Josh, I'm not a Virgo. I'm a Leo, but I do love that Virgo energy. I'm a Leo Virgo cuss. <laughs> <laughs> and Bobin is a Libra, which I, I literally guessed that, didn't I, last time? Yeah, it's coming up. October 11th is my birthday, so it's quickly coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, do you want to get into the current events? Let's get into it. All right, y'all. So this week we're talking about quiet quitting. And I don't know if y'all have seen it, the term come up, but I've seen it everywhere from LinkedIn to Instagram to TikTok. Everyone is talking about it. People are writing articles about it. And well, first of all, have y'all been seeing that? Let me see in the comments real quick. So, Odalis, do you know what it means? Like, have you seen all this as well? <laughs> yeah, I was super confused at first. I was like, what <laughs> in the world? It's <laughs> quite quick. Uh, but I started looking into it and just, just realized, because at first I saw it, my initial understanding of it was it's people who are basically like not giving as much time to work and like giving more time to their life outside of work, whether it's like work-life balance or just going on vacation, going on a walk or doing their own side hustles. Like I, that's, that was my initial understanding is them not doing work. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, 
I can't, I, I don't have the privilege to do that. You know what I mean? It's just like not work. Um, but I've been reading a lot on it and just realized that, have you heard of the equity theory? All the oh, theories today. All the theories, yeah. <laughs> all the theories today. But I just recently saw a TikTok that was like, the um, quiet quitting is basically equity theory. And I was like, what is equity theory? And equity theory is literally when an employee's inputs equals their outcomes. And that to me was a different way of thinking about it because it's not a quality where everyone gets the same output, same salary, same benefits, just because, you know, everyone, everyone's equal. It's really about how much time, how much energy, how much effort and loyalty are you putting into it? And what is the outcome? Is it higher salary? Is it um, perks, job securities, like all of those things. So when I started looking into equity theory, the quiet quitting made a lot more sense to me and what that means. It's really just saying, I'm not going to put so much more of my time and energy into this if I'm not getting the right output. So that's my understanding of it now. Is that right? Interesting. I love that. I mean, I was also confused when I heard the term because quiet quitting to me instantly, I thought the word quitting for, just because everyone is like the great resignation, right. the layoffs. I was like, oh, people are quitting. And quietly, I'm like, are people just not showing up to work? And they're just like, deuces. Like, are they on their way to work and then just turn around and don't tell anybody? Like, I was like, that's, that's so exactly rude. That. Like, how are people just quitting and not telling anybody? They're like, peace. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right. So in, instead of a two-week notice, people are giving like an hour notice, but not, I have no idea. I was so confused. But yeah, yeah. I love the way that you broke it down though. Because that's my understanding of it as well. Like it's, in fact, not quitting at all. Instead of people quitting, they're more so evaluating, all right, if I am taking on all this work, what, how, how am I going to be rewarded for it? Like, is it my regular compensation? Am I going to get a bonus? And right. a lot of times when, they, when people talk about work, it's not necessarily like the work that they're expected to do, but more so like that extra work that they're expected to do. And then if you do take on extra work, there's, there's, Often, at least on the person receiving the actual work, there's an expectation of like, all right, well, like, I'm gonna get something for this, right? Like, I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna get a, a better review, I'm gonna get a, a better bonus, I'm gonna get a raise, um, etc. But oftentimes, like, it's not met, and that's when I think like the confusion lays. Mm -hmm. I, this is such an interesting concept for me because I feel oftentimes that. And I'm just curious what your experience is, but I feel like sometimes the Black and Latino experience in tech or in corporate is you work 10 times harder, go above and beyond just to meet the criteria of your white peers. You know what I mean? Like it, and when I say criteria, I mean pay, benefits, all of those things. So I'm, I'm just curious of like, who is this serving really? And is there a way to hold these people accountable, the ones who are giving us perks and job security and all that to say like, okay, let's have equality as in everyone has an equal opportunity to do more. But I feel like sometimes like Black and Latinos are at a disadvantage already and we're just working hard to get like there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting point too about just uh, like expectations even. Like when you start a job, a lot of people don't even know what their expectation is for the role. Like in your previous jobs, do you think you've had a clear understanding of what the bare minimum is that you needed to do to be able to be like, all right, I'm checking the box? Mm -mm. I had no, honestly, the last few jobs that I've had, 
I've kind of created my own role within it. <laughs> like it was never clear. So I've kind of made my own parameters of like, this is what I'm doing. But no, I really have not had a lot of clear expectations. That interesting. So Josh also said, uh, my initial thought was just doing the bare minimum to make it through and keep the role. But this additional context and the equity theory helps add more perspective to it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Look at you. These theories just helping. Theories. <laughs> yeah. Thoughtful theory and equity theory. That's what I want people to walk away with. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is really interesting, though. And I think it's often just like such a difficult question to ask. Because like, yeah. how awkward is it to ask your manager, like, yo, what's the bare minimum that I could do in order to just keep this job? Like, no one's going to ask that question. You know what I mean? Like, you're, we often ask, how much more do I need to do? Or like, what additional work can I take on in order to right. do X, Y, and Z? Because like, we don't, I probably like, we don't want to be seen as lazy, right? Because there's, there's already sort of like roadblocks as a person of color or like an underrepresented group in these, some of these positions. So like, it's scary to be able to ask some of those questions. And in fact, I think most people start off with like, oh, let me take on more work. And then they start peeling back. Like, how can I do less? So it's a difficult conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like for me, my culture, I mean, Latinidad plays such a big role in me in the workplace because for me, like I go into those spaces and I, at first early in my career, and I tell everybody differently now, like early in my career, it was that feeling of just put your head down, work mm-hmm. hella hard all the time. And people will notice, people will give me a raise, people will give me blah, blah, blah. And what I learned is the same thing I learned in the hood. Like no one gives you anything. Like no one gives you anything. And I learned that in corporate spaces too. It's like another, it's a corporate hood out there. And for me, I'm like, no no one's going to give me anything. So I got to work. I got to show them what I'm capable of, what I'm bringing to the table. I have to honestly be my own biggest hype man in those spaces. Because for me, like, the way my parents raised me was trabaje duro. I see like ponete a trabajar, ponete a trabajar, right? It's like a work first mentality. And now I'm like, well, I'm going to do the work, but I'm going to also tell them and remind them who I am in these spaces because it's it's so hard sometimes. Like, again, it's a corporate hood. No one gives you anything. <laughs> yeah. And in talking about, woof, getting a, and just calling out some comments here. So Josh said, um, or putting in the extra work for ERG work, projects, extracurriculars, because you feel like you have to prove you're not just there to check a DI box needed to be checked. That is deep. Mm. Um, we got another comment. Although, Alice, you're right. Oftentimes, black and brown women are treated as the worker force and expected to do it without complaint. Very true. Um, all facts spoken. Got to take it. Um, corporate hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. But that that that's so true, though. I feel like most of us get that sort of feedback from our from our families. I got the same thing. Um, just like put your head down work and eventually you'll be seen and recognized for for all the work that you do. Um, that part about like advocating for yourself, I think also goes into this like corporate, I'm sorry, not corporate quitting, but the quiet quitting because mm-hmm. advocating for yourself is not something that like I was taught at the house or even right. in corporate. And I actually have done the quiet quitting a few times. Like two that come to mind is when I was at Facebook, I, I, done, I did it. And then when I was at TikTok, I did it. But instead of quiet quitting, like I like quite quit out loud, if that makes sense. 
I was like, you were featured on the whole like Wall Street Journal or so. I don't know if it was quiet. (laughs) This show is brought to you by McDonald's. If y'all know me, you know I love me some potatoes in all forms, but especially fries. And you also know I love being a tia more than anything else in this world. So when I think of McDonald's fries, I can't help but think of my nephews, Ezekiel, Gio, Emilio, and Elias, because they love McDonald's. And McDonald's has actually been at the core of our most cherished and common bonding moments. After their soccer practice, they'd come over, sweaty and hangry. We'd get them packed up in the car, go to McDonald's drive-thru, and order four kids' meals. They'd compare toys, and all I'd hear in the back is, oh man, you got the one I wanted. And they would, of course, start eating in the car because they can never wait till we get home. But the best part, in my opinion, is taking their fries when they're not looking because y'all know it's impossible to resist papitas, even when they're not yours. Whether I'm taking my nephews to McDonald's or I'm enjoying a breakfast platter with my viejos after an early church service, can't deny that it's been part of the familia. As my nephews would say, McDonald's, I'm loving it. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fascinating thing about both of those experiences is that is like the reception that it had within two different yeah. managers. So instead of, so quiet quitting to me is just like putting up your boundaries and having an honest conversation around expectations. So I remember during the pandemic when I was working at Facebook, I told my manager, like, I don't want to exceed expectations. I don't want to get promoted. In fact, like all this extra work that you're trying to give me, how about you give that to my teammates who want to get promoted? Because I don't want to do that right now. And it was a really difficult conversation that I had to have with myself to be like, all right, mentally, I have to see all my colleagues advance in their career while I'm comfortable with where I am now. Like, I don't care about an extra bonus. Like, I don't want any of that. And I also had to admit to my manager, like, I don't want a promotion. It's, it's a weird thing to admit to someone because I feel like we've been trained to always look for the next big, shiny opportunity and title and all those kind of things. But right. it's fascinating that how it was received. But I think it was received so well because it was during the pandemic and everybody was oozing empathy. You know what I mean? Whereas later when I was at TikTok, well, at Facebook to close out, like it was received really well. Like she was understanding. She was like, I get it. But again, I think it was pandemic really. When I was at TikTok and I put up the boundary, I was like almost ashamed for it. Not I was made to feel ashamed for it. Like people were saying like, yo, that's not how we do business here. Like you got to work hard essentially. And I was like, oh, like previously when I did it, I felt very safe here. I feel very unsafe. So this idea of quiet quitting, I think like your reception and your ability to navigate those spaces is really dependent on the work culture and the like organizational culture, your manager, your colleagues, all of those kind of things. I feel like it's so, it's so fired by the way that you were able to set those boundaries and I feel like it's okay to not want to get promoted not want to go on this corporate ladder I feel like I mean again this is something I'm still unlearning because in Latino culture like what I was told as a kid is like you always got to get the next opportunity you always want the next shiny thing just as you're saying right like you always want more and that's something that I've struggled with my whole life is I get somewhere and I'm never really present or grateful I'm always like okay what's next what's next? What's next? And I'm always in this like mode of working and working and working for the next thing. And I'm like, what am I really working toward? Mm-hmm. And for you, I think it's fire that you were like able to set that boundary so quickly, not quickly in your career because it took a while, but like just able to set that boundary, even when you were at TikTok, because you were there for a few, was it a I was few like months? a year. 
I mean, that's still like super dope that you were like, I don't want to get promoted. I'm not trying to do all this corporate stuff. Like I'm just trying to get in here and do my job. I feel like that's fine. Like, I don't know why this society, culture, corporate, I don't know what it is and like why it makes us feel like we're just not doing enough or that we're not enough in general. Like sometimes we just want to be in this space and get our paycheck, yo, and just to go do our lives. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I remember looking at people that I used to work with um, when I was in sales, they were in like the same position for like five years. And I remember I'm looking at them, like I'd admittedly be like, damn, like you in the same position for five years and you didn't get promoted. Like I used to not look down upon them, but I was like, bro, where's your ambition? You know, like right. I used to think, I used to look at people like that and I'm like, bro, like, don't you want to do X, Y, and Z? Don't you want more money? Like I used to look at people the same way, but I also like one of the biggest things I had to realize and, and, and start thinking about, I was like, damn, I'm only evaluating this person based on how ambitious they are at work. But like the more conversations I had with the person, I was like, oh my God, like this person's ambitious, but outside of work. So like, yeah, he's doing a bunch of shit. He's a real estate investor. He's got his own side hustles. He got all these things. But meanwhile, like, I think, I think society, we've been trained to only evaluate people for like the, the, the nine to five, if you will. And for many people, mm-hmm. that's not even what fills up their cup of joy their income even like that may not like for me, although it's my primary income stream, that doesn't mean it's everybody's primary income stream. Right. So it's like understanding the totality of a person and understanding that like what you do for work may not be just because it's everything for you. Doesn't mean it's everything for someone else. Right. Right. And again, it's like speaking from my perspective, this, this idea of quiet quitting the reason like I agree with it, especially looking into the equity theory and kind of doing a little more research on what that means, like totally real. And I think for me, I was telling you earlier about this, like the black, black and lesbian experience. <laughs> and I'm just trying to like work up there. And it feels like you are going above and beyond to be at that level. And even for me to be totally transparent with everybody here, I'm a contractor. And I feel like I came in with that same idea of like, I'm going to put my everything into it, my energy, my soul, my heart. And I'm going to like work so hard to be known and seen. I'm advocate for myself, did the above and beyond. And I'm still not guaranteed job security. And I think for me, that's where it comes. That's where I think about a lot is just that experience of being a Black and Latino in this space sometimes feels like you're working 10 times harder, according to your peers to just be at the same level as them. And it just feels like the quiet quitting still to me feels like it's not a luxury that a lot of people have in our communities. And like the setting boundaries is different. Like we can do that. But even then, I got trouble setting boundaries too. Like I'm still working on that. Sometimes I'm like, no, I can't take this meeting at 6 p.m. You know what I mean? And I think it's still something that I'm working through. But I think for me, it's Again, it's corporate hood where like things are not given to you. You have to take them. But sometimes it's not even there for you to take. And sometimes you got to step away and go somewhere else where you can take whatever opportunities they do have out there for you. So quiet quitting to me is still like a, I don't know. Do I feel like I can do that? Does that feel like it's afforded to us? Like, yeah, I don't know. There's, I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well, because it's something that I'm, I'm, not confused, but I, I struggle with as well. Like there's so much data out there that says 
underrepresented groups often in their performance review, instead of their evaluation based being based on the impact that they're driving, it's often based on their personality, right? So we're often getting called lazy, not a team player, all these sort of things, instead of focusing on the output, right? And there's another story that recently came out about Meta, where instead of, so, so they're evaluating a new form of performance reviews where they're essentially going to push out the lowest performing people. So, and that's a way of them, instead of like firing people and like, that's a way for them to like reduce headcount without firing people. They're kind of like, you are going to determine whether you're going to stay here or not. We're going to push out the lowest performing people, right? So this idea of quiet quitting, which is setting boundaries, but also kind of like doing the minimum, which is not bad. It's just like the minimum amount to get the job done. In theory, you may be the lowest performing person on that team, right? So are you you know what i mean like it's kind of like am i setting myself up to eventually just be fired and like you know what i mean huh that's interesting that's interesting yeah mm. but something all right something i want to get you something i want that was just a thought starter but something i definitely <laughs> want to get your 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 feedback on and your thoughts what do you think about quiet quitting out loud because i think quiet quitting is like, let, let's just assume it's doing the minimum amount of work, right? In my experience, when I did it out loud, like I told my manager to set expectations with her to say, this is the amount of work that I am comfortable doing and that you should expect of me, right? The problem that I face is that I didn't communicate it to my teammates. So oh. let's assume that we're all like data analysts and our job is to like send one report out a week, right? So mm -hmm. at some point we're all sending one report out a week, but the two other people on my team decided like, no, I want to go above and beyond because I want a promotion. So they start sending three reports out a week, but I'm still at one. So they start almost like building resentment for me because I'm not doing as much work as they're doing and they start feeling burnt out. Right. So you see where like that resentment comes in. They're like, yo, but like, why can't Pabell take on some of the work that I'm doing? Why can't he catch up to me? And I was like, no, no, no bro. Like, I don't want that. I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to get promoted. You know what I mean? And that's where I think quiet quitting becomes a little bit problematic when you don't have these conversations out loud because everyone goes into a job with expectations for yourself and for your teammates. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I, that's why I think like communication is so important when it comes to this idea of quiet quitting. Oh, a hundred percent. And you just reminded me of like every group project in college. <laughs> yeah. Like, bruh, like exactly a little more like one that be less, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, I haven't even, I didn't even think of that, to be honest. Like, I've only really thought about that conversation with your manager, but you're so right. Like, I, I feel like if that were my team and Fabian, you were slacking, but not really slacking, right? You were just doing your job. But for me, if I'm on that mindset of like, I'm trying to go above and beyond, trying to get to the next level, exactly. it is, it is hard. It's so hard, especially, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think like, I'm just trying to think of myself in that position, like being on your team, data analyst, right? <laughs> Never do data, by the way. <laughs> but like, if I'm like sitting there with you, I think there would almost be a little bit of, um, not just resentment, but like, it would almost be like, Fabian, the disrespect, like I'm a Latina girl trying to make it out here and you're just not making it easier on me. But it's also on another, on another end of it is like, why does my job performance depend on you too? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 
It's hard. Yeah. And I am not a fan of group projects. This is, could just be like hashtag only child syndrome. <laughs> I really like doing work independently, but so many parts of our job, I think it's, I think it's rare often like that we can lead a project from start to finish completely by ourselves. Not because we can't, but I think a lot of like corporate, the process is just working with so many cross-functional teams. In fact, a lot of our performance reviews, like in most of the performance reviews have often been like, well, go get feedback from other teammates outside of your team. And in order to get feedback, you got to work with people. So you're like forced to work with other people and put yourself in these positions where you have to have these difficult conversations about expectations. And then right. you're going to, yeah, like it's, it's really, it's, it's tough. It's interesting. And this remind, <laughs> literally brings me back to a traumatic moment in college where I had a group project and I don't know why the professor did this. And I did give him that feedback after I'm like, don't do this ever again. But <laughs> he made us all grade each other and he based our grade off of the grade that we got as a whole. That makes sense? Like, so my, my grade was dependent on my four other group members, what grade they gave me. Like they basically reviewed, we were all reviewed each other and gave all like, rated each of our work our collaboration like all of that and our grade on that project was based on collectively the group what they scored us and i was like i already hated that because i'm like i cannot (laughs) you know because i'm gonna be real honest with people and i don't want to do that but i literally remember getting a c on the project and i'm like hold on I'm the one that was doing the most work. I missed one meeting because I had other, like, I had a job, you know? But, like, once every meeting was on top of my game, did above and beyond. So I go to his his classroom and I'm like, or his office hours, and I'm like, I don't deserve a C on this, you know? And again, it's me being like, <laughs> I want good grades because my parents taught me at the question of school. But I went in there and I was like, I don't want a C. I don't deserve a C on this. And he said that one member on the team graded me with an S. And I was like, what why and then yeah it was this whole other little drama but he was like yeah like um she said he accidentally said she which i already knew exactly who it was since we only had one other girl on the team (laughs) and then he's like she sorry they like um said that you missed the meeting and that you weren't like uh present for like a whole day which is when like the heaviest like need of the project was being done and i was like i had a job like what and I was there in every other meeting. And for me, it was a conversation I had to have, which no one teaches you how to have constructive conversations, let me tell you. Because in my family, when when you do something wrong, you either yell at each other and then you like go about your day, like nothing ever happens. And it's just like, we don't have to apologize. It's just, we love each other. Like we were not taught to like have those difficult conversations. But for me, it's one of those things of like, why does your performance and everything that you do depend on the team members and everyone else around you when like people are not seeing you like you were saying as the whole human who has a job who has other things who has kids a family like people are seeing you as in the workplace you're not living up to my standards of what you're supposed to be doing you know what i mean and everyone has different standards i mean think about that great everyone Mm -hmm. i'm not i don't know how many people would like be happy with a c but Maybe they are. Maybe they'll be like, y'all just passed this. I'm chilling. But you, you have a different expectation for what like success looks like in that class. And it may be a B. It may be a, some people aren't even happy with A. Some people are like, right. oh, wait, what? I got an A minus? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Like, mm-hmm. so expectation varies 
in everything. And I'm glad you brought up an example outside of work because this idea of like this individual versus team project, setting expectations, right. all that stuff is like so important. And I love the fact that you mentioned like nobody teaches us how to have these conversations. Two things come to mind. Like one, in my experience in, in corporate, they have had training trainings around what they call crucial conversations. What I found is that, or at least not what I found, but what I wish is that they had two classes, one for like, <laughs> let's say everybody, and they need one for underrepresented groups because- Oh, a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. The way that the way that they teach us to have these crucial conversations, if I take their method of communication, I'm going to get labeled mad stuff. They're going to be like assertive, aggressive, way too direct. Like, oh my God, I was so intimidated that he told me this. Like, no, no, no. Like, we need a separate coach course, et cetera, on how to have these crucial conversations. And I'm going to plug in that we are, plural, me, I'm releasing this content pretty soon around these soft skills because I feel like a lot of corporate spaces, they try to teach us these soft skills, but we need our own, not spin, but our own way of how to learn these skills. Because if not, if we don't learn the right way how to do it, we get these labels, unfortunately. Oh my God, a thousand percent. And it's also, it's not easy. Like I, again, like I was raised in a home where it's like, you don't talk back to your elders, you respect them. And like, you know what I mean? Sometimes that dynamic plays in the workplace where it's like, oh, this person's been here for years and they're like, I have to show them bad respect. And like, sometimes they don't deserve that respect too. You know what I mean? And like, sometimes they deserve, it deserves like you a space to tell them, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is my boundary. Like, but that's not something that I grew up being able to do with like the elders in my family. Like it was very much like, respetas. you know, like you have to respect like anyone who is coming in, like your tío, your tía. Even if they would say some trifling stuff, like I would just have to be there to respect them, you know? And I think for me, that dynamic plays in, it plays in that space too. And I think I totally agree. And I love that Pluto is doing it already because we really do need a whole, like, here's how we can give feedback as a community. Because one, we're already scared about job security. Like someone mentioned, like they have to do like extra stuff like ERG work and this work and that work because they don't want to be seen as that DEI check, right? Like we're already like dealing with so many barriers, labels, like cultural things. Like for me, it's, we have to create a space that has all of those things in mind when it comes to having those crucial conversations. I agree. I agree. Um, And there's, there's a comment here that just like stood out to me. And honestly, gave me the goosebumps and chills and all that. And I don't want to, I don't want to scroll up, but somebody essentially said like, I'm so, I'm so glad y'all are having this conversation because so often, like, I feel like I'm alone having these thoughts and y'all are bringing it to light and making me feel seen and heard. So whoever said that, and there's been a couple iterations of that throughout in the comment section, I, I literally just want to say thank you. Cause that's why we're doing this. And I'm, I, <laughs> I'm actually getting goosebumps and it's so tough, not only having these conversations publicly, but also like although Alice and I, you know, scheduling this and have all of this, right? Like sometimes, like I'll be honest, I'll be like, I'd rather do something. Like I'm gonna go to the gym, but like comments like that and messages like that, I don't know about for you, Alice, but for me, that's like it gives me the motivation to continue having these important conversations. So I just want to say thank you to y'all, and I promise we're catching up on the comments. 
I need to catch up on the comments. I'm like, where was that? No, but same as you, like anytime I, I have conversations with people and they're like, oh, how many downloads do you have? How many listeners? And I'm like, well, I could tell you all that data, but let me tell you the reason I do this is not for the numbers. It's not for any of those other things. It's for those comments, those DMs, those emails that are like, thank you for creating this space and making me feel like I'm not the only person out here making me feel like I'm seen, like I'm valued, like I can relate to somebody in a position that I want to be in. You know what I mean? It's it's those comments that really, they touch the heart. <laughs> Facts. Speaking of being seen, I'm feeling seen. I feel like a lot of people are doing hashtag only child syndrome. So I appreciate y'all. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> not an only child project. Wait, can't look relate. at... Can't relate. <laughs> yo, look at Maria. The whole of, I thought Kawhi was like, when your high school boyfriend stops calling you so you'll break up with him, uh, you don't have the guts to quit but <laughs> to get fired. Oh, let's not talk about the... Maria, we got to have a whole one-on-one conversation about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love um, it. I'll just post a couple more comments before we transition into... Um, What's next? So in a corporate environment, that evaluation is similar to a 360 degree assessment. They tend to factor in too many external variables instead of focusing on the quality of work. I completely agree. Um, But something else that came to mind, too, is this idea of quiet quitting, right? It's essentially setting boundaries, taking back some of your time. And then something that people aren't talking about enough is like, all right, well, if people are sort of prioritizing and taking a little bit, like taking time out of their job, what are they doing with that time? Like they're probably doing something outside of work, right? Whether it be a side hustle, a um, something with the family, it could be a bunch of different things. But I know that in some ways, you know, you've started to prioritize, you know, for a while now, some things outside of work, in particular, like the podcast, like how do you even think about balancing career side hustle, all of that. Let's talk about it. First, I want to shout out Josh's comment about the fighting and then waking up like nothing happened the next day. That is some trauma. That is something I'm still unlearning. I'm like, oh, we have to say sorry and have a whole conversation now. Yeah, me and my boyfriend are learning. But for me, it's it's really interesting because I think right now, especially um, I'm getting hired for Hispanic Heritage Month win um and it's been a really cool again it's a really cool moment of growth in my podcast and you know being part of the network with you now but and doing other things with the podcast being able to almost see it grow into a different space and with that growth comes opportunities you know opportunities to go speak to get paid to monetize to be side hustles to do workshops and that's where my mind has been and i think for me it's almost in a way, being able to say no, like in the side hustle sometimes, like sometimes some opportunities don't work out. And I was telling you the other day, like, so hard to say no, I just want to say yes to everyone. I'm like, yes, I'll do it. But really looking at the time that I spend in work, I mean, it's 40 hours a week. And then I spend time for my podcast, like probably another 20 hours a week on top of that. Like your girl, your girl's busy all day, every day. But then learning how to leave space for me too. Like, you know, I'm doing the work, I'm doing my podcast. So how am I leaving space for all that base to just exist and just live and just be on a vacation somewhere? You know, like, how do I give myself the time and space 
And some of the ways I've been doing that is throughout the summer, I didn't record. So I had like episodes like in queue and I'm like, I'm taking the summer off. It's my birthday. Like I'm not recording for the next three months, but I'm still doing workshops. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing that. So then it's been hard because time, I wish I could have more of it. Um, it just doesn't exist. But for me, I'm like, I'm here. I need my own time. And so creating space for me has been really important. But for you, how's it been? Because you were in tech doing plural and now you've stepped out and are doing plural full time. So how's that been for you? Yeah, I also have to make time for myself, which is really difficult. And just like people have the fear of, all right, if I take time for myself, am I going to get fired? You know, like if I do less work, am I still going to be recognized for the work that I'm already doing? And there's a similar mindset, unfortunately, that I still have when it comes to what, you know, what the side hustle was and eventually became my full time. And I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but it's like, all right, if I don't, if I take a whole summer off and don't post content, am I in theory going to get fired from my audience? You know what I mean? Like, are they never going to listen to me again? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. there's this, uh, there's this quote in, uh, by money making Mitch in paid in full talking about the drug dealing game. And he was saying like, yo, like I'm like a baller in the league. Like if I retire, are the streets still going to love me? Something like that. Right. And it's, it's this idea of like, even, even posting content on TikTok or LinkedIn, if I stop posting it, are people going to forget about me? Are people going to forget about the mission and 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 it and it puts pressure on me to like not take time for myself and and not even yeah. a vacation. I'm talking about like not even going outside to go get a coffee sometimes. You know what I mean? Like simple stuff like that. Cause so this pressure for me like didn't necessarily just stop when I went full time. It 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 still manifests itself in different ways. Does does do those similar like thoughts in your head come up as well? Yeah. I mean, at one point I did leave a job so I can be doing the podcast full time and to me like that was so hard because at the end of the day and this is like this is part of the first gen career road mapping struggle is that like I don't come from money I don't have like hella savings in the bank I don't have my parents to rely on like I'm the one that's like trying to help my parents out and eventually be at your level by then where you were paying your parent your, your mom your her bills like in, in entirety that's what I'm working toward because, again, I don't come from money. I'm the only one that was able to go to college. And sometimes there's guilt for me of, like, wanting to leave a job. When I did leave the job, there was so much guilt because I'm, like, I'm not in a position to leave a job that's giving me steady income when I don't come from money, when I'm the only person in my family that has an opportunity to be in that space in the first place. It's hard. It's it's a really hard balance for me. And I think the pressure for me is not so much of like, am I going to get fired from my audience? It's mostly of like, <laughs> am I going to get fired from my family? Like, to be completely honest, I'm like, I still need to make money. I still need to help them out. And I still need to focus on me. And I'm like, I want to make money. I want to have this life that like my parents dreamed about that I dreamed about. So I need to work and be in this space just so I can like take the money and invest in my project because that's where my real joy is. Do you know what I mean? So sense? you're saying like, is there, is there a guilt in investing in the, in your projects versus your family? Is that kind of what you're saying? I think there's guilt of like, 
step, wanting to step away from corporate or like that steady income. Because sometimes I think about it like right now, I'm wrapping up my contract in four weeks and like my mind right now is like, well, where, where is that next job going to be? Like, what's that next opportunity for me? And it's sometimes hard to like have space in your mind for like your, your dreams and your podcast and what you're trying to build for this world, something that fills your cup. But also I need to fill my pockets because I need something to invest in that podcast, right? Like I need something so I can invest in my family. It's something I can invest in myself. Like, still need that security and it's just again it's the first gen career road mapping that's interesting because it's like this is my passion but this is my this is where i'm getting my money and i need to have both right now until i can be at Babel level <laughs> and be at a level where i can really step away and feel comfortable to do that but i'm just not at that place so my mind right now there's guilt of like can i be out of a child for a minute like i don't think i can because there's so many other responsibilities that I have in my world that I'm not comfortable letting them down just yet. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. There's so many times where I look at like LinkedIn jobs, I'm like, yo, who's hiring? And yes, it's it's for me partially because like entrepreneurship isn't isn't easy, but I also really miss spoiling my mom and my abuela and just everybody right like my mom's about to take a vacation and you know she has a little bit of she has she has a little savings and you know she's been working for a while so she has some sort of like retirement account so she took a you know a couple thousand from that and like did whatever but even the idea of like her touching her savings makes me so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it makes me sad and i wish like I mean, she'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like, she's good. But I just wish, like, I was her savings. You know what I mean? But that's, and, that's pressure that we've had. That's pressure that you've had for years. And the fact that you're not doing it, like, it makes you feel a type of way. But it's okay that you're also investing in yourself. Like, this is the hard part of, like, sometimes you do have to choose yourself in, in some of these moments. But that guilt, that, like, you know, like I want to be your 401k part you know, like <sighs> sometimes <laughs> I think sometimes that's really difficult to come to terms with. And that's again, part of this like career road mapping dilemma of like, we sometimes we just want it all. And like, at the end of the day, it's, it's unfortunate that we just don't come from those resources and don't come from privilege. And we can't just like, I don't know, go around and do whatever we want to do without guilt. Like there is going to be that guilt there. And I'm sorry. I know that's like probably hard to deal with and navigate with your grandma. Not nah, Abuelita. Nah. Oh, <laughs> nah, it- by the way, y'all, can I give some kudos to your Abuelita? Because my yeah. Abuelita is like the cutest Instagram Abuelita out there. And I've been a big fan of her since I started following you. <laughs> <laughs> so go follow him. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, there's... There's uh, a comment that that stood out to me. It says, when you express the desire to pivot, you will often hear, ¿Por qué? Si tiene buen trabajo. That compounds the fear or guilt of making a career pivot. I think one of the things for me besides money about making the career pivot is the clout and the insecurity that I now have around what I currently do. Like I have a dream and a vision around where I want Plural to be. And it's not there yet. So I almost feel insecure saying that, like, this is the company that I run right now. You know what I mean? Mm. And 
I feel like not that my mom understood what TikTok was or what Facebook and Instagram was completely, but I think she had something to point to and be like, that's what my son does for work. And I don't really think she understands what I do now. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, yeah. wait, so you just record content and like, how are you getting booked for speaking engagements? Like what? So one of the things that I'm actually really, really excited about is that I'm starting to do live events. I mean, this is a live event, but it's virtual. But I'm starting to do live events in person. And one of them is coming up in October. And I really want my mom to be there just so she could experience what I do. And, you know, she experiences it now with like watching. She's, you know, she supports the podcast. She watches everything on YouTube, uh, all of those kind of things. But it's it's something different, I think. Not only her experiencing it, but I really want her to see like these comments that y'all are leaving type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like I want her to be like, damn, you know what? The work that my son is doing is actually not only making him money and it may be less money than he was making at TikTok, but I want her to see the impact that is driving within the community. Like the story that I tell myself is that she'll be proud of me. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so, it's all of that fun. And I'm sure she is so proud of you because it's amazing work that not everyone gets to do. There's so many people at Facebook, so many people in um, all these other tech and corporate spaces, but there's not a lot of people doing what you're doing. So I think letting her know, like, you may not have something to point to, but I'm out here doing this and I'm out here. And I'm not the, I'm, I'm not the only one, but like, we've got a lot of us out here doing this work and it's important work that you're doing. So, but I feel like I want to make a comment on just that feeling of always wanting to make your family proud and, and and call it guilt, fear, whatever you want. But for me, like that's so much of like my story is wanting to make my parents proud because of everything that they've been through to get us to where we are now. And again, I had a privilege because I was born here. I was able to go to college. I, I didn't struggle with getting my papers like my brothers and sisters did. So for me, I feel like even that, like I have a different level of, I want my siblings to be proud because they wish they can have the same opportunities that I have, take care of the families the way that I get to take care of mine. Like, I know that there is still that, and I still feel weird by the way. My parents are like, mira la niña in front of my, my siblings. I'm like, stop, like, don't I'm say that. Like, a ass my, woman. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> breaking my heart. <laughs> but no, like not even that because they still call me la niña always. But it's more so like, don't tell my, I know they're telling my siblings, like, mira la niña, because I know they're saying it because they're proud, but it's also to me like, oh, they just, it's a different opportunity that I had versus them. And it shouldn't be shamed to them that they are not working in corporate just because they couldn't. You know what I mean? Oh, I see what you mean now. Yeah. That's deep. It's, it's almost as if like your mom, very rightfully so, or your family's like lifting you up, bigging you up. But at the same time, other people around you may not have had those opportunities. So there may be they didn't. Mm-hmm. shame or like, why didn't you go into this, this and that? That's yeah. tough. I get it. Yeah. And it's always me like, <laughs> stop, like stop. Well, look at this. Like he's doing that. Look at all his kids. They're all good. Like, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I try to hype up my family as much as I can because it really is the battle of 
listen, my, all my siblings were undocumented immigrants and they struggled so much their lives just trying to get there. And there was a time where DACA didn't exist and it wasn't an opportunity for them. And so yeah. when I, I, again, I was born here, I was able to go to college. I was able to do so many things that I didn't even realize was a privilege until I was old enough to realize like, oh, my yeah. siblings couldn't do that. Like, I didn't even know. And there was a point in time where I used to blame them too. I'm like, why aren't y'all out there? Like, you know? And then I was like, wait, they were in a different time. They didn't have the same opportunities. And so for me, there is a level of pressure to make them proud. And almost I'm carrying all their dreams. Like I'm carrying my parents' dreams, each of my brother and my sister's dreams. Like they're on my shoulders. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to make you all proud. <laughs> it's hard. Oh, carrying all of their dreams. Girl, your back don't hurt? My back hurt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I need to go on vacation probably. That's what I'm telling you. But no, it, it's a... And you know, for a minute, I was like, I want to just take out all their dreams because I want to focus on me. But honestly, I feel like it's okay to also want to live out your parents and your family's dreams. I don't think that's a hard, I don't think that's a negative thing unless it's really draining you and you're really like, this is not for me. Like, that's a different story. But for me, I think I was like, I was almost listening to this like narrative out there of like, you don't need to take care of your parents or you don't need to like carry everyone else's dreams. But for me, I'm like, that's so much of my platform is to like be a space for our community to feel seen and heard and valued and represented. I am representing my family and my parents and my siblings. And I do want to carry all their dreams with me because I believe that if I can do it, all their kids, like all my little nieces and nephews are going to see Thea and be like, well, Thea can do it. Like I can do it too. Because each of them are born here. We all have the same opportunities. I want to pave the way and show them that they can also be where I'm at and they can choose the life and create the life that they want that their, their dad and their mom wish they could have had too. So Ooh, my back does I, hurt, but it's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> I, I love that. And, and I think it ties the conversation like where we started and sort of like how we're coming to the end so well, because we initially spoke about dreaming yeah. And a lot of what you're talking about now is is dreaming, the pressures, how sometimes it could be problematic because you feel like you're carrying so much weight. But at the same time, it could be motivating. Even just mm -hmm. thinking about the type of representation that you could be for your nieces and nephews and so many people looking up to you. So and this idea of quiet quitting, right? It's it's again, I think the the theories you put out there is like no, it's not quitting your job. It's not doing this and that. It's more so maybe reprioritizing your time and allocating yeah. it to things that bring you joy and align with what you want to do, what you dream yeah. and the impact that you yeah. want to that you want to make in the world. It's the equity theory, right? It's like, well, y'all not going to give me job security or pay me enough or give me enough benefits or give me a bonus. Then I'm going to go over here in Pural in my side hustle with my family. And I'm going to invest more time because we want to keep it corporate. The ROI here is much bigger than the ROI there. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> I think that's. And theme. <laughs> and theme. I, think, I think that's the perfect way to end it. Um, I, I mean, any, anything else you want to you wanna touch on? I know that you love to do the brindis before we end. Are we doing brindis right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't got anything to toast with, but I don't know. <laughs> I have I have my cafe. 
that I'm looking at these comments because, yo, you know what that reminds me of? This sounds so bad. You know that movie with Kevin Hart where he carries around a jug of water, like a gallon of water? Oh, okay. Then we'll talk about that offline. But (laughs) he just reminded me of Kevin Hart in that one movie where he's carrying a gallon of water. Um, These comments, I just want to give a shout out to everybody listening, though. Like these comments have been giving me life and I've been trying to read through them as much as I can. And just thank you for, for being here with brother and I. Like we always meet on these unfiltered episodes and talk about like, how can we keep it real? Like, what are we dealing with? What are we experiencing right now? And how can we bring that here into this space? Because we created this platform because we don't tell a lot of our story on our own platforms. And so this is our way of being real and, and showing more of who we are on this space. So just thank you everyone for joining. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. Thank you all for joining as well. I mean, echo everything Odali said. And again, reiterating that point earlier, um, Y'all showing up, but mostly the the stories, the experiences and the comments that y'all are sharing really just motivate me and inspire me to just continue going. So thank you for that. I love this comment right here. Lengthening this, yes, servant. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm going to frame that comment and like print it out. I love that. But we could do a brindis from in. If you have your water, I have my cafecito right here. Let's do it. And I... I so everyone who's listening, I end my podcast episodes for Bees and I say, what do you want to cheers to? What do you want to manifest for our community that's on here? So what do you want to cheers to, Barin? And what do you want to manifest for everyone who's listening? I want to cheers to our dreams and I want to manifest that we make our families proud. <laughs> and that's my job. That's it. Salud. Salud, amigo. Thank you, everyone, for coming and for listening. Thank y'all. If y'all want to tune into Unfiltered Live with Olalis and Pavel, go to LinkedIn, find Olalis Jasmine or Pavel Martinez and connect with us and you will see all of our updates with all things unfiltered. Or follow me on Instagram at Hello Latino Podcast. You can also follow me on my personal Instagram at ojasmine. And also, again, find me on LinkedIn or my website, olalisjasmine.com. Con mucho amor, tu amiga Nureña.